This is Colin, he has a problem He has a lot of DVDs and some of them he hasn't seen So he's gonna grab his son and they're gonna watch each one until the pile is empty These films are still under wraps, still under wraps Unwatched, unloved and still under wraps, still under wraps, still under These films are unwatched, unloved and still under wraps Hello dear listener and welcome to Still Under Wraps. My name is Colin and with me as always is my fellow film watcher, compadre and son, Thomas. Hi. Hello. I almost said Colin, uh, but I didn't. Hello. Um, what have you been up to? Um, I, I recently watched Space Force. It was, it was all right. Yeah. I. It, it, was, it was up and down, wasn't mm, it? Yeah. When it was good, it was very, very good. But mm. when it was bad, it was like a bad episode of Eureka. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was a cross between Eureka and The Office. Mm. It sort of had that vibe and, yeah. Except without <clears throat> any of the less scientifically plausible parts of Eureka. That's right. <laughs> what, what? There was scientifically plausible parts in Eureka, were there? Occasionally. Um, yeah, but it also sort of would veer off into serious territory, uh, which can work. There are, there are certain comedy shows that that works in, but it just it just felt forced in this. Um, that being said, I will probably watch the next season. Mm, yep. Yeah. I think there were sort of more misfires than uh, right-on-target episodes. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile... I've started watching all, all of Bond. All, all, all of Bond. All of Bond. James Bond. In line with a, a rewatch podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, so you watched Sean Connery last night, did you? I, I did. I did watch some Sean Connery. Ah, uh, some Sean Connery, and uh, quite a serious Sean Connery film. Mm. Um, yeah, um... The, the very first, uh, it was Dr. No, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. It, it's not a good indicator of how it uh, then veers off. Spoilers. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Because it a, then does veer off for a bit, I've heard. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, it it's, doesn't take itself anywhere nearly as serious as it did in the first film, from my recollection. It's been many years since I've seen Dr. No. But... but I have also heard that structurally, it's very much a Bond film. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and it veers for a bit before coming back. Yep. Yep. The, the series, not the film. Yep. Yep. Oh, well, that's exciting. And so you're watching it and then listening to the podcast? Yes. Right. Yes. So it's not a, a podcast commentary? That no. Good. No. Right. Okay. Ah, Excellent. I'm, I'm almost... Is it a good podcast? It's a reasonable podcast. We'll do, see. Do you want we'll to see, plug uh, the podcast? Sure. It's it's a Loading Ready Run podcast. So, surprise, surprise. I do enjoy the work they do, and it's called From Rewatch With Love. Oh, excellent. <laughs> excellent. Oh, I could almost be tempted to uh, be roped into that if you wanted some company, <laughs> but the times that you are probably going to be watching it is like mm. three in the morning, isn't it? Late. Late, yes. Or early. Do, do be warned. The first episode was 
maybe an hour and a half, and they're not expecting them to get too much shorter than that. Wow. Wow. Uh, is it in-depth, or are they just being it, comedic? It's, 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 it's pretty in-depth. Um, right. So they, so they take more notes than we do. Yes. Right. Far more notes. Uh, they, they do go into some of the, the problematic parts okay. of, of Bond. Well, still trying to celebrate the series. Yep. Um, yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Well, I may may not join you, but uh, I, I, yes, enjoy. Mm. Uh, speaking of enjoying, are we going to enjoy today's film? That is unclear. Okay. <laughs> Which is why we're watching it. Mm. Uh, this is a film that has sat on the shelf for many, many, many years. It is unwrapped. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I put it in to give it an attempt at a watch, but it was too early for reasons that I will explain, I think, after the film. So you right. need to remind me as to, and no doubt I will remember, but uh, yes, it was too early for me to watch this film, even though it was made in 1986. Right. Or released in 19... No, made in 1986. I think it was released in 87. Excuse well, the me. copyright on the back says 1987. Yes. So. Yep. Yes. No, it wrapped it, uh, filming in late 86, December the 1st, I think. Um, the reason I vaguely know that is for... Uh, will also be revealed later. In classics, classics still under wraps form, we have talked a lot about this film without even mentioning what the title is. Indeed. <laughs> Uh, everyone is scratching their heads, including our new listeners from Uzbekistan. Hi, welcome. I'm glad to have you on board. The, the, the film is called The Light Horseman. <laughs> Indeed it is. And Thomas, would you please tell our dear listener what is written on back of case as opposed to what is written in the My Movies database that mm. I still need to get round to? fixing mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which I will probably do whilst editing and this will remind me to do so mm. maybe you'll probably edit this sentence out <clears throat> maybe I'll do that too um, who is to say uh, not me no. you later later the Light Horseman focuses on a four-man section of the Australian Light Horse Regiment and climaxes with the last great cavalry charge in history. 1917. The British campaign in Palestine is stalemated. The Turco-German army holds a formidable line from Gaza on the coast to Beersheba in the forbidding drylands between Sinai and the Dead Sea. In a final attempt to save the attacking British army from disaster, Everything depends on the 800 young Australian horsemen who obey the seemingly impossible order to gallop their horses across three miles of open desert into a hell of shell fire and machine gun crossfire. Smashing their way through Turkish defences to win the precious wells of Beersheba, they change the history of the Middle East. So there we go. The last big cavalry charge for reasons obvious to those who know the technological advances of uh, uh, military machinations. Um, they don't, horses don't tend to 
um, go up terribly well against tanks and mm. yeah. Anyway, and people with better guns. Yes, yes. Um, so that's what we're watching today, and uh, as I said, it is unwrapped, but Thomas does need to take it out of its case. Which I've I've already done. I've already done that. Oh, so we're okay. We're not even going to ask him to open the case. Mm. Um, uh, this has thrown me completely, even though I've done it myself before. Mm. But we've managed to keep the man behind the curtain and uh, and fudge and it. Will not but, but, again. but we're not going to fudge it this time. Mm. It's all ready to play. We're going to watch it and decide uh, whether this film remains on the shelf. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Turn to side B. Mongrel. There we go. What did you think of that? It was all right. Bit of a meander. It was a bit of meand- a meander and quite characteristic of Australian films of the period was that they tend to tended to meander and tried to cram in possibly more than needed to to be. Um, but once it got to the actual charge Wow. The, mm. the choreography, uh, you know, choreographing horses and large amounts of horses. And um, it must have been nightmarish. Mm. And yes, it, it was not filmed in Beersheba. Um, <laughs> it was filmed in South Australia. And uh, there were times where it was quite apparent that uh, uh, there was a fair bit more rainfall in the places that it was shot than in the places that it was set. Um, and but we'll forgive forgive them for that um but yeah the the final scene um certainly made it worth it i think um uh, worth it in in the sense that um it was it was still an important story that needed to be told i think Mm. and was told quite well but meandered the Wikipedia article mm-hmm. on this film has 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 a reasonably long plot summary. The first hour is summarised in <laughs> three three sentences. Uh, well, I wish the first hour had been uh, three sentences long, um, be, because yeah, it, it was all very much establishment that uh, could have been really tightened. Uh, does it say what the budget was? Because it was an entirely Australian production with a couple of uh, Brits brought in, uh, some quite famous British actors. Uh, um, budget was ten and a half million Australian. Yeah, which was quite a lot of money then. It does not seem to have made that back. 
Uh, oh, oh dear. Do, do you have anything else you wish to to say about it? You didn't do, write copious notes. Do you? Um, no, other than the fact that I, I should explain now to uh, to you as to why it has taken me so long to watch this. Um, I do have up on screen um, John Blake, who played Scotty. Um, now... <laughs> You've read? I have read. You've re- right, I'm not sure whether this actually establishes a little more about what happened to John Blake. John's vivid performance highlights the... Yeah, so I'm reading off the the um, slideshow special features and um, John Blake uh, was one of the, the main characters in the film. He played Scotty. Um Basically, on the last day... I'll read what it says on the screen and try not to get teary here. John's vivid performance highlights the tragedy of the car crash which occurred just after the end of the filming. He sustained massive head injuries and remains physically and mentally incapacitated. Um, That uh, was obviously written quite some time ago. He actually passed away in uh, 2011. Mm. Um, He was... He was actually driving from uh, the the last day of shooting and uh, driving home and was confronted with a vehicle heading towards him in the same lane and veered to avoid it and ran into a uh, a parked vehicle and there was not there was barely a mark on his body but he suffered severe um, brain injury and. Uh, was basically a vegetable. Um, I know this about him because in two, uh, sorry, in 1989, so three years after filming finished, um, when I was serving a, a Mormon mission, I was serving in an area and we had a service we were required to do service sorry Mm. i I say required um, you know there was ample opportunity for us to do service other than knocking on doors and and what have you and um the mission home got a call uh for some assistance and and off we went to give this assistance um which we did basically every week and that was to give John Blake physical therapy he was physically a vegetable you could tell that there were things going on in his head um, uh, and he his eyes would light up when he would see people he would recognize people and he would recognize movies and recognize music and, and what have you but would go into his house uh, as one of uh, you know a pair of numerous uh, volunteers who would um, basically move his body um, because he couldn't just just to keep um, him from completely atrophying um, you know and uh, and he he had enough control over his body that. You know, he'd he'd take everyone on in an arm wrestle, and that basically meant he would he'd have enough control over his body to lock that particular arm. That was it. He he couldn't speak, um, and it was just a 
it was quite harrowing but quite humbling to um and i have never i think this is why it's taken me so long to watch this film because i still get choked up um by the fact that this man that we've just seen you know as soon as filming has finished um that happened to him and um he had such a bright future ahead of him he was touted by many as being the next mel gibson um and uh, certainly watching him act in this with an irish accent which he didn't have um was uh yeah it, but that the, the the whole environment of entering this this household which was quite a bizarre household his mother was absolutely beautiful um his mother's name was mascot and she just absolutely doted over her son um completely focused on the care of her son and um and would welcome us welcome us in to to this strange house that was sort of frozen in time um and and we'd go in and 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 do these exercises and there were numerous times where I'd be um, cradling his head in my hands and and twisting it back and forth as other people were were bending his arms back and forth that gave him such strong arm muscles and him drooling on my hand um, whilst I was moving his his head and but but there would be moments of eye contact where you you'd almost feel him saying look I'm sorry I've got no control over that um and so there were many people who said that that there was absolutely nothing going on in his head um mascot um completely believed that he was still in there and there were certainly moments um where we we worked with him that uh it was there was there was still a spark there and um yeah it was devastating to you know he this happened in his accident happened in 86 and his mum just trooped on and 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 they went through legal battles to to try and get um money to to have a a nurse and things it got quite ugly and quite unfair and um but but still the the volunteer force that uh, basically kept his body going um uh and his his son took over uh, what his mother did when his mother sadly passed away um her health wasn't terribly great in the the last uh, her last years and um as as far as i can tell and but but yeah this household it it was all a mixture of volunteers and there was this one quirky guy i do have to share this because i I wanted to go on record um an older gentleman um i guess he possibly would have been in his 70s maybe when we were there uh, um flamboyantly gay um and flamboyantly into theatricals and and the theatrics of of of, um 
you know, almost the caricature of, of the uh, flamboyant theatrical gay, um, and beautifully so. It's such an eye-opener to some of these American Mormon missionaries. Um, I got on with him like a house on fire, uh, which was really, you know, because he kept on hitting on us, <laughs> he, just teasingly so, because he knew in his heart of hearts that that's not what we're there for. But it didn't stop him from inviting us um, to watch some of his old silent movies that he'd made in his youth that were eye-openers in themselves. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just an absolute strange set of um, experiences that stemmed from from this uh, guy's life that was cut short Um and yet he he continued on for so many years after, and I'm assuming um, the volunteer efforts continued and um, uh, right up up to the end. But uh, yeah, so that, that's that's my background with um, one of the main stars of here this film. Um, and I feel honoured that he drooled on my hands whilst uh, all of that happened, um, and that. I could not bend his arm uh, in a, an arm wrestle, and neither could any of the burlier um, wrestler um, Mormon missionaries that that visited either. So it was, uh, yeah, strange experience, and um, and that is not the only reason why this film is staying on the shelf. There is certainly now. Uh, I'm I'm so glad that I've watched it and to see him alive. Um, but as you can tell, I'm a bit emotional here. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly staying on the shelf, not just for nostalgia's sake, but because it was it, it had enough uh, historical importance to it uh, that, yeah, I feel it needs to remain on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So there. So there. I don't know how much of that story you had any idea about. I had... Zero. Well, there we go. Well, wasn't that and a story worth the sharing? Posterity. Yes. Um, yeah. So good on you, John Blake, um, or Paulie. His his first name was actually Paul, and um, mascot would insist on in calling him Paul or Paulie. Um, you know, Paulie, come on, you need to work harder. <laughs> come on, a little more resistance there. No, come on, Paul. You, you're not helping. Oh, he's being really stubborn today. This was how the conversation would go. Um, yeah, because even at that stage, she was not strong enough to um, to do the, this physiotherapy. Um, so, and it must have been a blur for her the number of people who would be in and out of her house, um, and. We were just known as the boys. Oh, hello, boys. Welcome, you know. And, you know, there was no formality as far as, you know, we expected to be. Um, we we were just there to to dig in and help. And, yeah, special times. Anyway, I digress again. Um, thank you for letting me just share that. But uh, let's let's try and get myself recomposed because... Yeah, strange set of memories, uh, amazingly wonderful set of memories of that house and those people, and yeah, 
let's move on. What's on the show? You know it's probably DVDs. Yes, we have people to who have uh, dear listeners who to make fun of. That's right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, award to, to, points to award to. points to. Yes. Yes. Um, mind you, I've made an executive decision to remove Lee and Dan from the the leaderboard entirely for comments that were appallingly aimed at me on their own podcast. And look, I believe that I have a great deal of forgiveness in my heart for most people, but but to suggest to suggest that I do not appreciate Jim Henson and his brilliance and to suggest the exact opposite, knowing full well. And, and this is Dan especially, but Lee did not back me up here. So, um, <laughs> And I would also, uh, I want to go on the record as saying it was not Big Bird who drove a taxi on Sesame Street. It was Oscar the Grouch. Thank you. And now that I've got that off my chest, I will now forgive you and you will retain your points. <laughs> and uh, let's... Um, how many do we have? <laughs> a lot. Hang on. Oh, okay. No. 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 Okay. They've, they've caught me at a, a very raw time and so mm. I mm-hmm. would like to also point out I love you guys. Um, <laughs> even though you're mean and nasty and... <laughs> Love you guys. Okay, how many, sorry? 102. 102? Which which doesn't sound as good as 100, even it though doesn't. it's more. It is more. Um, okay. Thomas, would you be so kind as to roll the randomising random randomometer? Powered by random.org. Is it a big number or a little number? It's a very small number. A very sm- But not as small as one. Not as small as one, no. Not as anywhere near as exciting as last week. What is it? Four. Four. Well, that is quite exciting. It is a uh, a square number. Mm-hmm. Okay, Thomas, please, do tell. Lee. Oh, roll again. No. No, <laughs> Lee. no I refuse. Okay, Lee. Suggests. Now, I'm just curious to know whether Lee was already aiming for the low-hanging fruit even that early on in the game. I, I feel like this is this is a little low-hanging. <laughs> okay. Armageddon. Armageddon pretty wild by his suggestions. <laughs> Thomas, have you seen Armageddon? I have seen Armageddon, yes. Uh-huh. Thomas, I have seen Armageddon too. Mm-hmm. Is it on the shelf? Uh, well, the spreadsheet says yes. Yes, yes it, it is. is on the shelf. So, so far, three points. Thomas, have I recognised Armageddon as being a cinematic masterpiece worthy of being upgraded to high definition? No. Apparently not. No. <laughs> There's a lot of disaster movies out there. There are a lot of disaster movies out there, and yeah. And Armageddon is certainly a disaster movie. It is. Look, and I will go on record as saying, 
and this will be controversial and will make Lee squirm and go wild, which he deserves at this point in time. I would suggest that the other Asteroids Heading Towards Earth movie of the same year, Deep Impact, I actually enjoyed more. So <laughs> They so were the- not... Neither of them were particularly well received. No, no, but I like that one better. Um, <laughs> controversial, I know. Um, so, so did three the critics by, by a little. What's that? So did the critics by, by a little. What, a, a, appreciated Deep Impact more? Mm. Fair enough. Cool. Only by a little. Only by a little. Both still mippling. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, such is the way of the uh, disaster movie. They are what they are. Um, three points, Lee, and absolutely no multiplier there. But uh, yet again, it moves him ever further away from uh, the likes of Dan, for example. Mm. <laughs> uh I love Jim Henson. Jim Henson was a genius. Thank you very much, you you labyrinth hater. See, the easiest deflecting tactic is just to set both your enemies against each other. That's right. That's right. You dark crystal criticizer, you. You. Anyway. (laughs) Moving right along. Okay. We might as well. Um, as Thomas stalls for time as his app synchronizes, we might consider moving on. Um, I don't think we need to review the the leaderboard, uh, seeing as it's just pushed still at the top. Higher. Yes, even though that that brief moment in time where he was completely removed, mm. uh, which would have moved who into first place for just a small period of time. It. I feel like it would have to be either M or Jeff. Yeah. No, no, it would be M, M, then Helen, then Jeff. M, Helen and Jeff, yes. So, well done, M, for uh, briefly mm. uh, taking first place so late in the game. Um, <laughs> well, the late game is the most important. That, that's right. Even yeah. if it's not actually all that late. but <laughs> Okay, so we're going to move now on to the next segment. Shake the phone and pick a film and then we'll watch the film next week. Thomas, would you be so kind as to shake that stonkingly great large phone that won't fit in your pocket? Mm. Okay, what are we watching the 2003 film and Golden Globe nominee for Best Foreign Language Film, Language. Monsieur Ibrahim. <gasps> ooh, ooh. Well, this, this could be controversial. Now, I've seen bits of this, um, and I actually ordered a copy of it because I was curious to know how it ended. But there are bits of it that are... Are somewhat questionable, but uh, oh well. Um, <laughs> uh, it does star Omar Sharif mm-hmm. in uh, one of his final roles, I think. Omar Sharif, famous for many, many films, including um, a film that was based pretty much around the same time and area as the film we watched uh, 
today, uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Right. Thomas is just looking at the uh, the credits, uh, the vast credits of Omar Sharif. Very, very long acting career section on the Wikipedia page. Oh, I thought you would have gone to IMDb, which would uh, would have... I'm going to go to IMDb. Often several films a year. (laughs) Oh, yes, indeed. Um, And on IMDb, it's listed as known for Lawrence of Arabia, of course. Yes, he died in uh, 2015... At the age of 83, and he, I believe he had actually retired, um, but somebody talked him into doing the film that we are watching next week. Here's a call back to earlier in the series. Uh, to 10,000 BC? <laughs> narrator. The narrator, yes. Um, On that film. Yes, that, mm-hmm. that film. Mm-hmm. Okay, he... he did actually do other things after the film that we are... But not quite as actively as as before. No. Would you be able to read us the plot synopsis for Monsieur Ibrahim? Omar Sharif is Monsieur Ibrahim, an elderly widower who owns a grocery store in a shabby, working-class section of Paris. His life takes on new meaning when he befriends Momo, a lonely teenage boy. In Ibrahim, Momo finds the father he never had, a patient man infused with kindness and a wisdom that he freely shares, and Momo awakens within Ibrahim a taste for grand adventure, which takes them on a journey that will change their lives forever. So that's what we're in for. I have more of an idea. As I say, I have seen um, a fair bit of it on a really, really dodgy clip. Um, like, it, it, it had been crunched. Um, you know, it's a widescreen film, but it had been crunched to four by three. <laughs> and it, Yeah. Uh, so I, I couldn't keep watching it. And it could be quite embarrassing as to you will start watching and saying, why? Or you may be as enthralled as I was by the, the acting and the who knows, and, and, fi- and come to the conclusion that, yeah, that was worth watching. We'll find out next week. That's, that's the premise. That is the premise. That's why we do this. We hope that you can join us as we watch Monsieur Ibrahim. And until then, we'll catch you next time. Bye. You have been listening to Still Under Wraps. Your hosts were Colin, who produces and edits the show, and Thomas, who makes the artwork and music. Still Under Wraps is recorded in the Deranged Cat Studios in scenic Tasmania, Australia. Movies are selected at random through My Movies, an excellent piece of movie collection software. You can find links to that, as well as our quote-unquote blog and our Facebook group, in the show notes. Still Under Wraps is a High Hello production. Rude. What's going on here? 
Well, we're about to record the back half of a podcast. The back half of a pod, pod, cod, cod pass. Uh, is that like a cod piece? No, 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 no. It's the history of fish. Ah, oh, okay. Cod past. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right, are you I ready? don't know what you're expecting. <laughs> you don't know what you do. Uh, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. I'm not shocked. <laughs> I'm, yeah, that was just, yes. Um, but I'm glad, uh, glad it's, it's done. And mm. a, little, a little bit of closure even, which sounds really bizarre because, you know, I don't deserve the heat. <laughs> nothing owes me nothing. Um, mm. But, yeah, just strange. Oh. Turn this off.